Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Fertility in Focus podcast. I'm your host, Christina Burns. I'm a doctor of natural medicine specializing in the treatment of infertility by a natural and integrative methods. I founded the Naturna Institute in New York City, where my team and I work with women and couples, often in collaboration with Western medical doctors, to guide the path to healthy conception. In this podcast, you'll learn all about your body and everything in the fertility landscape to help you realize your dream of baby. I'll be bringing you the best of advice from experts in the fields of both natural and conventional medicine, as well as the heartfelt and very helpful stories of brave fertility heroes on their path to baby. Let's dive into today's episode. Hi, everyone, and thanks so much for tuning in to the Fertility in Focus podcast today. Today, we have with us a very special guest, Dr. Gabriella Safdie. She is an integrative medicine doctor, and she is amazing at treating women's health issues and fertility. She launched the pediatrics program at Parsley Health and was there for quite a while. Dr. Safdie, thanks so much for being here today. We'd love to hear more about you and your practice. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Great. So let's just jump right in. What is integrative medicine? So integrative medicine is a really wonderful field of medicine where we focus on root cause of various medical conditions and really try to treat the person whole body. We can treat better when we understand what the root cause is of any given medical problem. A lot of medicine right now is pretty disjointed and that's really, really challenging as both a provider and a patient. So With integrative medicine, we found a way to be more comprehensive, to really kind of treat the full body as opposed to isolated symptoms. That's a really good point because I've always called modern medicine sort of like a compartmentalized medicine. Like you break down the body into parts, like sort of like a robot or something mechanical. And then you just treat that one part irrespective of what's going on in the part right beside it or connected to it that could be affecting it. I don't think it makes sense to get into a large discussion about how medicine developed that way, but I'd love to you know, get more information from you about how an integrative approach is different. Like what do you do differently than, you know, if you'd go to see a regular doctor? Yeah, no, I think that's a great question. And what I do differently is I start off by really understanding what is a person suffering from? What symptoms is somebody having on a day-to-day basis? Then we go back in time and we really try to discover what are the root causes of what someone is experiencing? So for example, if someone is complaining of fatigue or weight gain or so many other various things, we look deeper and we try to understand all aspects of that person's life so that we can better treat what he or she is experiencing. What is different about the integrative medicine approach towards treatment? We focus on lifestyle. We focus on nutrition. We focus on other modalities of treatment, such as acupuncture, such as deep breathing or meditation. And then what's really cool um, and exciting is we use a variety of different what testing. So we look not only in the blood, but we also look at other specialty testing to better understand what's going on within the body. That's really cool. So what kind of testing, if it's not blood, what are we testing? Like, I guess it'd be urine and hair and things like that. And why isn't this conventionally done with regular doctors? Yeah, I mean, what's crazy about traditional medicine, and I think modern medicine for so many different things it has provided, but back in medical school, I didn't even hear the word nutrition, right? 
nobody was discussing all these other factors in our life that had such a huge, huge impact on our health. So what I'm doing right now is blood testing number one, to look at what's going on with your hormones, right? So just checking basic hormones, checking basic nutrients, checking our blood counts, checking how all our various organs are working, your thyroid gland, your liver, your kidneys, your brain. And then I also use what we call microbiome gut testing. So believe it or not, with one stool sample, you can have a much greater sense of what's going on within the microbiome or gut. I also look at urine and saliva to get a deeper dive into hormones. And that includes not only your stress hormone called cortisol, but it also looks at all your female hormones or male hormones or whatever we're interested in for any, you know, one given person. It's so cool. I remember doing the cortisol test years ago to measure sort of my stress response, like how I was metabolizing and producing stress hormones. And I was found to have, you know, really advanced adrenal fatigue. And it made sense of a lot of the sleep issues and energy issues. And I wasn't controlling inflammation or my immunity very well. And it's not available in blood tests. Like it's actually better measured by the saliva testing, for example. It would just be so nice if these things were offered to us, you know, where we would usually go for our medical care. But, you know, one of the reasons why I'm so excited to have you here today is so that our listeners understand that there are other things to look at and that it is essential to look deeper to understand, you know, what's going on and that that's not necessarily going to be found, you know, our regular doctor's visit. For sure. And I do hope that one day that many of the tests that I'm able to provide are offered in general, you know, internist office in general pediatrician offices, because it is so important for us to understand what is the root cause, right? Because if we can't determine what the root cause is of any given chronic medical condition or symptom that someone's experiencing, it's going to be very challenging to treat. I totally agree. It ends up being just like band-aid on the symptoms, if that even, and then you end up having more issues later on because it continues to develop under the radar. For sure. So, So you're a classically trained MD. You're an MD. What inspired you to go in this track of integrative medicine? Yeah. So my training is totally traditional. I went to medical school for four years. I spent time doing an internship, a full residency, a full three-year, you know, medical fellowship, all in traditional hospitals within the tri-state area. And I think progressive through my fellowship, which was actually in rheumatology, more focused in autoimmune disease, I saw so much overuse of medication and I became progressively frustrated with the overuse of both antibiotic steroids and many other medications. And I kept thinking there's got to be another way. There has got to be a way to use less of these medications. Now, sometimes they may be necessary, but sometimes, you know, we may be able to avoid those medications. So that frustration along with a more personal saga of one of my children who did have surgery very early on in his life and had, you know, significant allergies, frequent illness and viruses, nasal congestion and cough. And with the traditional route, I wasn't seeing the right success with his story. And as soon as I brought in some of the tools I'm mentioning of integrative medicine, more holistic medicine, I was really able to help guide him better. And he now 
is doing so much better medically than he was in the past. And I really, really think so much of the integrative medicine that I've been using for him with his, for his success. So it was really both a personal and a more of like my own academic journey that brought me more to this world. And I was lucky enough to stumble upon a wonderful job, you know, following my training where I've been working at Parsley Health for almost five years, you know, practicing this type of medicine, helping patients on a day-to-day basis achieve success for a variety, you know, of medical conditions. It's so great. I really do think that a lot of the people who start to, you know, really get in touch with what's going on are those ones that have that same kind of inclination towards like, there must be another way. Like this cannot be the only way to look at this and just sort of resigning yourself to be like accepting that, you know, you're stuck with this condition or what have you. There are things that are chronic that we manage, right? And there are some things that will never 100% be cured, but by and large, most things can be addressed. And generally what I've found in my life, and I had personal reasons for getting into this field too, very early on, but we're kind of doing things backwards. We're going for the big guns from the onset, like the antibiotics, the surgeries, procedures, blah, blah, blah. When we could be addressing things in a much more basic manner. And I think a lot of it is that the first person that we go to the doctor, when we have an issue is just like you said, not trained in nutrition, doesn't ask much about your lifestyle is not paying attention to these little things. And then, you know, if the condition is sort of beyond that, which I think actually most things can be remedied by lifestyle medicine and nutrition. If it's beyond that, then you need somebody trained in prescribing vitamins or herbs or these protocols to really help you stimulate your body's ability to heal. For sure. So in terms of women's health, hormone stuff and fertility, what do you commonly see? Great question. I commonly see teenagers who are suffering from either heavy periods or abnormal periods in terms of irregular cycles or duration of their period. So that was my kind of initial, the teenagers. And then I see a lot of adults as well, right? Who are dealing with one various issues related to their periods. I see very commonly hormone imbalance called PCOS or polycystic ovarian syndrome. I see that very frequently in my practice. I also see many, many women who are looking to optimize fertility with hopes of getting pregnant or, you know, being pregnant and having a successful pregnancy. And then on the perinatal period and postnatal period. So I see a lot of that. I also do have experience with perimenopause and, you know, hormone replacement, you know, for certain situations as well. What are some of the common underlying causes in your opinion of say bad periods, for example? Yeah. So heavy periods, dysmenorrhea or irregular cycles can be caused by a variety, a variety of things. I mean, definitely nutrition and poor nutrition, right? We actually want to you know, have adequate cholesterol levels, good forms of cholesterol in order for our brain to signal our body to have a regular period, you know, so that's one thing in terms of trigger is nutrition, stress, believe it or not, stress causes a significant level of elevation of inflammation in our bodies. And that can lead to both PCOS or not getting your period, as well as we spoke about the gut earlier and gut inflammation, gut dysbiosis or infection imbalances of bacteria within the gut. 
has a huge, huge impact, you know, on having regular cycles, our sleep, right. And other forms of lifestyle, you know, making sure, you know, exercise movement, keeping our body just in, you know, a level of what I call balance, right. So more homeostasis so that we can have regular periods. The other crazy wacky thing is all of our hormones are related, right? So the reason stress can have an impact on our periods is that stress affects our cortisol levels. If our cortisol levels are abnormal, then the other hormones in our body might not be able to be regulated appropriately. Hypothyroidism, I see a, a huge, huge overlap of PCOS and hypothyroidism or a low functioning thyroid. Yeah. And some of the symptoms of insulin resistance, which is, you know, characteristic of PCOS overlap with hypothyroidism. So I actually think that insulin resistance is underdiagnosed and hypothyroidism is almost overdiagnosed. But I agree with you that I see them concurrently a lot of the time. And another thing that I see concurrently with those two things is high cortisol and a leaky gut. Yes, exactly. And we see the overlap and and you really can't treat one aspect Mm -hmm. or one condition someone might be suffering from without treating the others. Yeah. Yeah. That's hard for patients and it's hard, you know, it's hard for anyone, right. To Mm -hmm. feel that there's so many different aspects of their life that needs to be conquered before they can start feeling better. We will get right back to today's episode in just a moment. But since you're listening to this podcast, I gather you may also be interested in exploring holistic methods to better your fertility journey. In addition to running this podcast, I am also the founder of the Naturna Institute, a holistic wellness institute in New York City that uses naturopathic and traditional Eastern approaches to achieve optimal reproductive wellness. We offer a very comprehensive approach to natural care, often working alongside your Western medical practitioner to enhance results. And even if you live outside of New York City, We offer a variety of virtual services to better guide you in a tailored plan to help you towards your fertility goals. Be sure to check us out through our website, naturnalife.com, and follow us on Instagram at naturna underscore life. Okay, now back to the show. I think it's, you know, because we're raised with this idea that like what we eat doesn't affect things. And like, we're not really taught like how to live in harmony with nature and our bodies and what have you. And I remember going to, I have PCOS and I remember going to a dermatologist when I was a teenager, had terrible acne. And I was like, does food have anything to do with this? Like, I was pretty sure that pizza and chocolate were making it worse. And I remember her just saying, oh no, food has nothing to do with it. And that to me is mind boggling. Like I wasn't able to get my PCOS under control until I really addressed the diet and also stress though. You raise a really good point because if you're trying to heal something and you continuously have this high cortisol attacking your gut, suppressing your ovarian hormones, you know, messing with the whole program, then it becomes hard. So like you say, you kind of have to like sit down, map out the pieces and say, these are the things that are out of whack in my life and come at them all at once. And I find that when people come to see me, I'm like, okay, so here's the deal. I'm going to help you figure out what's wrong and what to do about it, but you're going to be doing most of the doing. So there's that. How do you find that goes over with your patients? Yeah, I mean, I 100% agree. And I try to put things in perspective for my patients and make them realize that small steps, mm-hmm. small steps, little things in terms of nutrition, mm-hmm. small steps in terms of medication or supplement use, small steps in terms of lifestyle, right? You know, so how can we make baby steps and eventually get to where we're going? 
I think that so much of chronic disease, and I do put PCOS into that category of chronic disease, right? It's challenging. It's a challenging kind of thing to live with, but I do try to empower my patients to make them realize that number one, they're not alone. We will eventually get to where we want to get small changes, you know, will ultimately help us get there. Definitely. That's really good advice because otherwise it can feel really overwhelming. And so I think those baby steps and knowing that it's a process and that we're, we're playing the long game, right? And the why, right? I try to teach them the why, right? Supplements are hard to take, right? It's an additional thing to do. It's an additional thing to remember. And we're also crazed and busy in our day-to-day life. But if patients can realize, why am I taking this supplement? Why am I going to acupuncture every week? Why am I, you know, trying to eat, you know, less gluten or, you know, less dairy or depending. So I think, you know, that really helps patients because if you're doing something for a reason, you're going to do a better job at it. I totally agree. It's like being bought into like the story, like, yeah, like really understanding why you're getting these recommendations, being ready. So I think that, you know, part of that is in your delivery, like how you're explaining it to people. But I think also these forms of testing that you're doing to get the actual data points, the evidence can be helpful for people because we live in a society where we value evidence we value the lab tests. We want these diagnostics. Like we want to see why am I doing this? Like, show me why, like what's coming up in my testing that is validating these things. Right. And so with the functional medicine testing, like the saliva, the urine, things like that, why are these not commonly offered in a regular medicine practice? Is it because they don't know about it? They don't believe in it, or they're just really not trained to look at the body in a way that will look deeper. Right. Great question. I think it's a combination of a few of the things that you mentioned. I think the number one reason is that as doctors, we're not educated about these tests, right? Some of the tests are newer. There's many on the market. They're hard to navigate and we're not taught kind of what tests to use for various conditions. I do think, you know, another piece is that they're not perfect tests, right? Mm -hmm. They're not kind of as objective as a blood test, right? A blood test, you can look for instance at someone's vitamin D and you can get an actual number of what is the vitamin D level within the blood Mm -hmm. versus a gut test is more general and subjective, right? So we can see general levels of inflammation. We can see, you know, different types of bacteria that might be overgrowing, yeast overgrowth, right? But some of these factors are more subjective. And I think, you know, many traditional doctors just don't have enough trust in some of the specialty testing that many functional and integrative medicine doctors do. What I would kind of respond to that is they're not perfect tests, right? They provide a tremendous amount of value to me as a practitioner because I've seen success with treating, you know, people based on some of the results that I do find. And I think that that root cause concept of getting to the root cause of what is causing some of the symptoms someone might have, these specialty tests help me get closer to that goal in understanding root cause. That's great to understand that. And I totally, totally agree. So if you had somebody come to see you like a case of unexplained or idiopathic infertility, they're not getting pregnant. They don't know why the fertility doctor they've already seen doesn't know why what kind of testing would you suggest they do? Like, where would you start with somebody like that? Just to give, you know, an idea to our listeners, like the awesomeness that they'll get when they come to see you. 
Yeah, no, so I think that's a great question. So this is all assuming that somebody has already been to a more traditional, you know, OB office where they had a workup, a pelvic ultrasound. We're not missing anything, you know, God forbid, structural. Assuming all of that has been done, where we would start is definitely blood testing. Mm-hmm. Combined possibly with some urine saliva testing as well. The blood testing would be looking at hormones, right? I want to know what is this person's estrogen? What is their progesterone? What is their testosterone level? A little bit more in depth about vitamins and nutrients, looking at gut, right? If the gut is incredibly inflamed, it's going to be, you know, harder to get pregnant, right? We want to bring down inflammation in the body. So first step is testing, then nutrition, right? There's so much to do in terms of nutrition adding in, you know, higher omega rich foods, adding in higher quality protein, coming down on some of the more inflammatory foods. Also, you know, adding in hormone balancing foods, believe it or not, there are certain foods that actually help to balance the hormones. And that's something that we will start to work on stress management. I cannot kind of highlight this one enough. I don't simplify it, right? Like clearly there's many factors that go into, you know, someone having a hard time getting pregnant, but, you know, bringing down stress can make a huge, huge, you know, positive impact. Other modalities of treatment, I do use supplements to support the hormones. I do use acupuncture very frequently, you know, for patients that are struggling because acupuncture plays a huge role in homeostasis and balance, both for stress and for hormones. So that's a little bit of a start. And then obviously, you know, as we kind of put the puzzle together, right, then, you know, my treatment plan will change and we'll realize that we might need to, you know, for example, focus in on lowering testosterone levels and kind of take a more aggressive approach with that. Or with some people that might be suffering from a really high estrogen level and incredibly heavy periods, right, that treatment approach will be slightly different. So it does depend on what we find. I think some, you know, initial steps that everybody, you know, can start to think about at home is what are the ways we can improve on nutrition? What are the ways we can improve on our stress levels and optimize sleep? Are you open to seeing, you know, an acupuncturist kind of help with that journey? So those are some initial steps that I take, you know, with my patients. I think that's really great. And it's totally highlighting the holistic approach. And you're sort of able to recommend different avenues that they can take. And even better in value is also that as they go along, you adapt the treatment. You say, okay, you know, you've come this far. Now we're still dealing with this. Let's hone in on this. And so that's nice that there's like an evolution of treatment and our wellness as you go along in this evolution, our wellness gets better and better. I'll have people come to see me and they'll be like, so how many sessions do I need? And I'm like, how healthy do you want to get? You know, because everybody has a different goal in mind. Like some is just like, okay, get me pregnant. I don't really care about my symptoms. What have you, you know, they have like a specific goal in mind, heal my skin, heal my constipation, whatever it is. Right. But there's no end in what you can do with like, um, the lifestyle changes and these more integrative and holistic forms of medicine to get you into an optimal state of well-being. For sure. And that's why with integrative medicine in general, I do really emphasize this concept of frequent visits, right? Because they are necessary to see success, Mm -hmm. to check in with a provider regularly, to continue to make tweaks in the treatment plan, Mm -hmm. changing supplements, you know, improving nutrition slightly more or lifestyle, you know, interventions like you're mentioning. 
Yeah. Like keeping in touch with you and and you schedule your next appointments. And then if there's like little questions in between about the treatment protocol or what have you, just making sure to have that access and relationship to your practitioner that is going to help the treatment move along smoothly. Well, you are amazing. And we are so lucky to have your insight today. And I can't wait to have you back to talk in even more in-depth sessions about specific hormonal and women's health conditions. But for the purposes of helping our listeners get started, where can they find you? So I launched Nabella Health earlier this summer. So nabellahealth.com. There you can reach out to me directly. You can set up, you know, your account and get started with a visit. You can reach out, you know, through email, Gabby at Nabella Health, 1B, message me with any questions and I'm happy to touch base and to see if you would be a good fit for my practice. Also on Instagram, Gabby Safdie MD is a great way to follow me. I try to kind of post updates to both my practice and, you know, other info on what I'm doing. Oh, Dr. Gabby's Instagram is awesome. I totally suggest you follow her. She posts a lot of great insights, shares really great information and tips. So if you just want to kind of dip your toes in this, then I do recommend that you, you know, you check out her website, nabellahealth.com and, or is it nabella.com? Nabellahealth.com. Nabellahealth.com and her Instagram. And I'm going to put all of that information in the show notes for you. And obviously, if you have any questions, you guys know how to get a hold of me at Dr. Christina Burns on Instagram or at Naturna underscore life. And I'm happy to connect you with Nabella Health. So I hope everything was helpful today. And let us know if you have any deeper questions that you want Dr. Gabby and I to tackle on our next session. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you. I am really happy you tuned in and joined the community, and I'm so excited to bring you more helpful content in each episode. In order to make this podcast as helpful as possible, I want to hear your input on what questions you need answered to get you feeling empowered on your fertility journey. You can DM me on Instagram at Dr. Christina Burns or at Naturna underscore life to share your most important fertility related questions. And if you are enjoying this podcast, please be sure to subscribe and share with your friends. My mission is to help as many women and couples as possible. And for that, I need your help. Yours as always in love and light, Dr. Christina.